If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Do you have bad credit and minimum capital and want to get started in real estate? Hi, we're, we're the, the Mobile, mobile Home Elite, Elite Investors. Investors. Our e-course solves all of those problems by giving you all the strategies and secrets to become a successful mobile home investor. Tune in at www.mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to episode 24 of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. How are y'all doing? It's your man, David Bellard with my co-host. What's good? What's good, y'all? It's your boy Jalen checking in. How's everybody doing on the podcast? What's good, Jalen? Kelly checking in. How y'all doing, boys? Good, my brother. What up, what up, what up? Jared checking in. How you doing, dog? Uh, it's, it's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, Jocks boxes and whatnot. Moving. Yeah, that's it. we've been mobile. Yeah, we've been we've been doing a lot of a lot of new things recently within our camp. So yeah. but we making it work. Episode twenty four, the the Mamba episode. <laughs> the GOAT. 
that's what you call them. The, the goat. goat. Yeah. Ah, that's a little. That's, yeah, that's the baby. We ain't here for all that. We ain't here for all that. We we not about to talk about Kobe Bryant being not the goat. Yeah. What we are about <laughs> to talk about though is our two dope ass guests that we got on this podcast. Okay. We have Xavier Miller and Deanna Kent. Uh of Park Hill Capital Consulting, if I'm correct. That's the, one of their companies. Uh, they're also the host of the Millionaire Mindsets podcast. Yeah. Just two super dope individuals doing some dope shit for the community. If and y'all we just don't to, know about them, yeah. y'all go learn about them. Yeah, today. <laughs> y'all gonna learn today, goddamn. <laughs> Say and be happy. Appreciate y'all. No problem. Thank y'all for coming on. Y'all yeah. a lot of love, man. I just want to say thank y'all. Appreciate mm-hmm. y'all taking out the time. Have us on the show. We, we ready to have a ball with y'all. Uh, no, no problem, man. Like, we definitely like what y'all doing and love how y'all able to connect with people, collab with people. Uh, people didn't know um, Zig was part of the... The Detroit, Detroit Boys. That's that they, that they nicknamed yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> we and bought a property together with some guys. They, they had, y'all never met them before, right? Y'all had oh. just... Uh, one of the guys, we went to high school together, but I was like two grades ahead of him. So when I graduated, I graduated in 2011, and I ain't, I haven't seen him since. So in Detroit, we was talking beforehand, like, we're going to see each other in Detroit, but that was my first time seeing him since I left high school. And the other two dudes, that was our first time meeting. Dang. Yeah. yeah. It just happen. Yeah, yeah, it just happened. Like, we was, <laughs> we was there. And like my my whole mission going there for the uh, meetup, I'm like, yo, I'm buying the property. But obviously, if we could get something together as a unit, because I'm all about group economics, if we could do it together, that's better than me. So we seen some properties with the guy he was trying to sell them. I'm like, yo, we always like, let's buy it together. That was it. That's lit. That's but it, it's that's it. But it's so still so powerful. Like the fact that y'all just went and did it. Like I feel like when y'all did it, y'all didn't think about what y'all had just did yeah. in terms of our culture and the way we normally perceive black people working together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, it's still, like, I still get messages to this day, people nonstop, like, man, I want to do this. I want to be a part of something like this. And I'm like, yeah, it really, just, like, hasn't really hit me yet. But, I mean, I want to just keep it going. So I ain't really trying to think about it like that. I just want to keep keep it going. I agree, man. I think it really uh, shocks people. It's just the fact that it was so easy, like for four strangers to really meet up and do something like that monumental, and like kind of start a wave. So other people can, you know, do the same same thing. But to actually see it happen like that quick, one morning, next thing you know, y'all don't did something like that. So right. I think it was powerful in that that other people can see it's literally that easy to do that. Yeah. I think one other cool part of it too, like I was listening to y'all like explaining the details of it, um, or you, it was an interview you were explaining the details of it on another podcast. I thought it was cool because it was like, basically it was set up to where y'all, y'all didn't know each other, but y'all still felt safe doing the, the deal together. And at the same time, on top of that, like y'all were cool with signing papers and having the contracts and stuff so that y'all were all, everything was legally set up. And I feel like that's an issue that, in the African community, like the African American community that we have a lot, like it's easy to do business together and you don't really have to have that many like risk involved as far as like, oh, is this person gonna mess me over or stuff like that. It's just, we gotta learn the game and then use the stuff that's already out there. Contracts are there. Uh, exactly, same as everybody. And right. So, you know, 
So you might say it to some people, they're like, why we need to do contracts if everybody's going to be fair anyway? But it's just the principle. It's protect business. Yourself. You, you got to protect yourself and protect the people you're working with. So was the uh, Detroit deal the, your first deal? How y'all got started? That was my that was my uh, second one. Yeah, it was my, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Okay. We skipped over. Yeah, we go, we, <laughs> we gonna start off like this. So can you guys you we already introduced who you are. So can you just tell the guests like how you guys started? Um what made you say, let me become financially literate, let me start investing in assets or just like how did y'all get on the path y'all currently on right now? Well me me I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with me first and I'm gonna pass it to D. So I always tell people this and they ask this question. So when I was in sixth grade, I had this music teacher named Mr. Bonds. And he was like, uh, if you want to get rich, you got to invest into stocks, bonds, and real estate. And when he said that, I didn't know what it was. But when I went home, I started like researching and asking people. If like nobody in the neighborhood could really tell me like, well, they kind of just brushed me off. So I'm like, all right, so years went by, I got older. And I was just like, I'm tired of waiting on people to tell me, I'm gonna find out myself. And then I joined the military. So I got in the Air Force and then we met. So when I, we, we met in the dorms, we was in the, we was in the dorms when we met. And then we just started like putting ourselves on game, doing research, learning about money. Cause I, we, I was always like getting money, but I was like blowed. But you know how it is, you, you young, you get money, you go buy some shoes, you buy whatever. I, but I'll always be saving a little bit at the same time but I didn't really know what to do with it. And then we just started learning, learning together. And that's that's from like my point of view, what, what you think? Yeah, mine is pretty much the same. Like I grew up, my parents ain't really, you know, they used to spend a lot. So it made me a very frugal person. Like I will always try and save my money cause I never wanted to be without. So like, as I got old, I started working when I was 15 years old, I got a job and I had been literally working ever since. And I joined the military and then me and Zay met each other. And then he sparked the idea of starting your business and learning how to invest. So once he like sparked that idea, it just, it went from there. So pretty much like started doing my research and getting educated. And then once I got out the military, I just dived all the way yeah, into real right. estate. Yeah, investments, the stocks, mm-hmm. all that, crypto, all that stuff. Yep. We, just went, we just like went all in. Like I got the mentality, I'm very, uh, I got a high risk tolerance. So it's like, I'm young, I don't got no kids. So my mentality is I can take a lot of risks right now. And it's like, how I look at it is, it's just money. And like money is, is like, I always say this, it's just money. I'm young, I could lose some money or I could risk losing some money, but I'd rather lose that than lose time and be 35, 40 and like, damn, I wish I would've did this, but I probably can't do it now because I can't do all this risky stuff because I got probably kids now, you know what I'm saying? People really, really, really depending on me. So you can't really take that risk like that. So that's how that's how I really started. Like we young, let's just go all in. Mm-hmm. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim, holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I thought that was cool, too. Like, I saw something on Twitter the other day. You were like, uh, it was a picture of you, like, holding a stack of money, and you was like, I'm sending home a band a week, like, putting back, you know what I'm saying? So I think that, I thought that was cool, too. Like, the preparation that y'all did while in the military 
to get ready for that leap, you know, once y'all got out. Yeah, because yeah, like the military, if you use it right, it's a very powerful like stepping stone for the next chapter of your life. And, you know, it's a, you know, it has ups and downs, but there's a lot of benefits that comes with being in the military. So for us, like we learned the different ways you can maximize your benefits. And once we was like fully educated on that, we started using everything to our advantage. So like those last two years we was in, cut off all spending, start saving everything, saved up like a lot of money. Once we got out, it was, you know, it was go time. Like we got properties, we started investing heavy and we ain't looked back since. That's so cool. That's <laughs> so cool to me. I'm glad you touched on that. Cause I, I noticed that was a trend. I, I'm starting to see that as a trend. Like a lot of people, uh, I, I know we just spoke on the last episode we just recorded about college. A lot of the times people look at the military only as a stepping stone as a, your way to get your way through college, but it can be a stepping stone in its own right. Like yeah. just to, to get do what y'all do. Life. Yeah, that's facts. Like I tell young people all the time, I was just telling her one of her little cousins this, he's like getting ready to uh, go to college. And I was asking her, I'm like, so uh, you got scholarships, anything? And he was like, nah. So I'm like, how y'all gonna pay for it? And then he was like, he didn't really know. So I'm like, hey, I ain't telling you to do this, but because I know how when you tell people to join the military, it's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's probably something that you should think about it. Because like, I'm like, if you join while you're 18 and say you don't buy nothing, it might suck for a while. Just don't buy shit. Don't buy no new cars. Because that's what everybody's going to do. They're going to get in. They're going to buy the new cars because yeah. they get money. And they're just going to be spending all their money. Get married. Get married, <laughs> right. But if you get in, you save all your money. You know you're gonna get out in the four years. By the by, the end that four years up, you're gonna have a lot of money saved. Now you got the option to go to college for free, have all these uh veteran uh benefits. Yeah, veteran benefits. You got hella options now. So I'm like, at the end of the day, you want to create options for yourself. You want to get to the point if you are in, you can say, I want to get out. I don't have to stay in, as opposed to damn, I gotta reenlist again because I ain't been doing right by my bread. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not opposed to college. I'm in college. I'm, you know, I'm getting my education. <laughs> but, you're going for free, though. but I'm opposed to going to college without like a plan to pay for it. Because the worst thing you want to do is set yourself up and your family for a lifetime of debt. Because you went and got a degree that's probably not even useful mm. to what you're doing in the present day. Right. Okay, so y'all touched on something. Like I hear, I hear and see a lot of military people. Like whenever they're couples, they get married. Like y'all said, like. How is, like, I always was under the perception that if you get married, you get more money. So how does that work? Because y'all was like, that's something that, that they were stupid. That was like, they shouldn't have done. Not technically stupid, but. It's like, it's, it depends on the situation. Because you do get more money. But the thing is, in the military, most people, when they get married, it's not out of what they should be getting married for. It either be for money or it be on some lust shit, really. Like, man, I don't want to be alone. I'm about to deploy. I don't want this person doing nothing while I'm deployed. So let's get married. Well, I'm about to. Leave. So they, that, that's how it works. So, and, and if you like, how my opinion is, if you're that young, you know what I'm saying? It's your first time away from home. You probably don't really, like, really even really know who you are yet. So to be getting married while you, to somebody you probably just met, I don't want to say, I don't want to knock it because it works for some people. But I feel like for most people, that's not going to work. Nah, bro, the numbers is in. That shit. Right, right. The no, it's rate for military people is like crazy. Extremely it's, it's crazy how, especially for new people getting in. Like, yeah. That ain't the foundation you want to start nah. when you get into the military. Nah, that shit, it, it'll fuck you up, man. Especially when you start having kids, married the wrong, mm -hmm. wrong person. 
It's over. I seen it all the time, bro. It be over. It's a wrap. To the military, y'all better listen to what they saying. Think about it. Think about like, it. Like, yeah, uh, the military is a good stepping stone, yeah. but I don't think it's a good life choice, like life career choice. Like I don't think it's good for twenty years. And a lot of people mess up because they get in, they get married, they have kids, and then enlistment come up to renew. And you so dependent on it because you needed to take care of your family. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's all you know. You end up 20 years later. You don't did a whole 20 years in the military. Who knows what you don't, what opportunities you don't missed out on. Facts. Facts. That's real, man. And, and, and when you speak on this, you do 20 years. And for like two, they, they always say, oh, you do 20 years and then you're going to retire. You do 20 years and retire. It's like you can retire from the military, but you're gonna have to get another fucking job. Yeah, you ain't is, done. <laughs> you definitely not done because you re- you retire. Your retirement check is like two grand a month, and most likely, if you worked there for twenty years, you got a family. So how are you gonna provide for your family on two thousand dollars a month? So you gotta get another job and do another 20, 25 years to get that retirement <laughs> check. Exactly. It's a stepping stone. If you if you do right, it'll you could be set for life for real. If you if you make the right decisions in there, you could be set for life. But a lot of people don't know. It's just all on like everything else is it's a game. If you understand the game, you understand the system, the rules, you can use it to your advantage where you could be it, it work out for you for the rest of your life now because you did right. Mm-hmm. I actually, I got a question about that. Like, so I wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper in because like y'all are some of, in my opinion, some of the only people I know that are the younger, (laughs) younger black folks that are like full-time investors or like, or I think I may be wrong, but full-time investors and y'all are like moving along that path. So like, how did that transition or how did that go? It was, you know, military. Okay. That was where y'all met. You know, y'all started stacking money because y'all started stacking money and educating yourselves. And so then after that, like, what was that next transitional step? Y'all were just like, let's go buy a property so we got some cash flow? Or, like, how did, how did that work? Pretty much. It was like, let's buy a property. Let's start it. We was already, like, investing into the stock market heavily. Like I said, I've been investing. We've been investing into crypto since 2017. So the property stuff came in to like, earlier this year. We like, all right, let's just start buying properties. Unless, like... Looking for deals, finding deals. Like I'm actually in the process. Like while we uh, on this podcast, I'm, clo- I'm closing the deal right now. With well, somebody I just met, another dude that I just met. That's so I like right there. That's crazy. That's action. Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody I just met uh, last Saturday, and we we buying the property together. Yeah, and he, he good people. So it's like that was that was pretty much the process. We just started like uh like investing, investing and. In, uh, yeah. And I'm uh, in school full time and I'm a real estate agent mm-hmm. and I got my notary license. So I got my side hustles, but then we got our investment full time too. Gotcha. And I, I wanted to ask about that too. Did that, um, the investing inspired being a, an agent or did an agent inspire kind of the investing? Because I know some people don't do both. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my whole. I wanted to be an agent first, but once I learned more about real estate investing, honestly, I didn't even need to become a real estate agent. I just chose to do it because I know I'm in a pretty solid market out here in California and I got the time. So it's like, why not? Right. Why not do it? But being a real estate agent for me, I look at it as 
another step stepping stone to my long-term plan like I want to eventually become a real estate developer so for me it's just educating myself and building networks to eventually get to the end goal I also wanted to ask about that too you mentioned California I was like I just wanted to touch on like the the how how do y'all make that work like I know California is like notoriously expensive and like y'all still make it work as far as investing and stuff like that that's because we don't uh, we don't invest in California. <laughs> I'm noticing that's a theme. A lot of Californians are investing outside of the state. So it's it's way overpriced. Like yeah. you will see a house out here, it'll be a three bedroom, two bathroom. It'll be like fifteen hundred square feet, six hundred thousand dollars. Like no, it don't that don't make no sense. <laughs> Man, a house like that in Louisiana worth maybe. Maybe a hundred. Maybe that's crazy, that's crazy. That's why we don't invest in Cali at all. We we live here. We don't like what we live now. This is we don't own these. This we rent. We rent this apartment. We've been living here since like what twenty seventeen. Okay, that's interesting because you have those some real estate investors that's like you know own where you live, and then you have those some that's like it's better to re- yeah in California yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in California, it don't it don't make no it don't make no sense. sense. And I like uh, our mentality is I take the uh, Grant Cardone approach where he say we say uh, we 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 what do you say right where where you live where you live on where you rent. So that's the approach. That's the approach we take, especially right now while we in California. So I do want to touch on something because D is a real estate agent. So does that help you guys with y'all deals? Do y'all do a lot of things off the MLS being that you have access to that or? Once I got my uh, real estate license, I thought the MLS would be like, you know, for the whole country, but it's really specific to your area. And yeah. if you want MLS access in other places, then you have to pay for it. So we, me being an agent doesn't affect me being an investor at all. Dang. Okay. It's two separate. Did, <laughs> but did the knowledge of uh, of being a real estate agent help you invest other places? Uh, see, the thing, I was a real estate investor first. So that knowledge already, you know, I was good with that knowledge. But getting my real estate license, it did help me learn a few other things and, um, you know, build a few other connections, too. So, yeah, it did help a little bit. But, I mean, if somebody's thinking about getting a real estate license just to be an investor, it's not necessary at all. So, okay, so as far as like like when y'all started investing or the path of investment, like what did y'all first deal look like? For a property? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know she was, she, <laughs> I know she was, you go, you got it. So uh, when I got out of the military, I started, I started um, looking for properties for us. So I connected with this real estate agent in Detroit and I had picked out a house and I think it was less than 20 grand or something and I wanted it, but somebody ended up, you know, snatching that one up. So then she came to me with another deal and it was a house listed at like 16,000, already had a tenant in it and everything just made sense. So I talked it over with him. I got us uh, approved for a loan and stuff because we was like, we already got a tenant. The rental income from our tenant can pay our loan back. So right, we so ain't got to come us- out of pocket up for a lot of money. So out of pocket, we put down like three, four grand. And then our tenant pays us like over 600 in rent so she pays for that loan we don't even we don't even mess with that and we still pocket our change on the other side but 
Yeah, so it was like just connecting with that real estate agent, found an inspector out there, made sure the house was, you know, good to go, was in good condition, and then we just bought it. Simple as that. She did all the paperwork electronically, and we never seen that property till June. Yeah, so we went out there. Like, June? Y'all owned that for two years. Uh, we bought it at the beginning of the year, but we, we didn't see it until June of this year. Okay. Yeah. So how would y'all do y'all work? Y'all just, like, found people through other people or it didn't need any work? No, like on the property. Did it need like any work? Like contractor? Yeah, yeah, contractor. Yeah, so, uh, the, first, the first people, I made a bunch of calls. I had to do a bunch of research, but I found a property management company that does contracting work. So in the beginning, they just started doing all our stuff for us. And when we went out there, we met somebody yeah. and we built a relationship with him. So now he's taking over that side of things. But I just found a property manager who offered that made sure they sent me pictures of everything, talk with the tenant, made sure they was doing what they was doing, and it all worked out. So Did y'all have any, like, cold feet trying to invest outside of California? Like, oh, I don't know. If you haven't seen the property, I don't know. No? No, it actually it wasn't scary. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like, my, I, I think uh, what makes us different from probably most people is, like, our risk tolerance. We're really not scared. Or like, you know what I'm saying, losing some money. As crazy as that sounds, it's like how I look at it, I'm like, all right, if we lose it, most importantly, we learn from this so we can keep it going. But if we don't lose it, you know what I'm saying, we still got the lesson, we still got the money, still got the property. It's a win-win. Yep. And I, I also feel like you can say that too because like whenever you're in the military, you set yourself up to where you saved up your money to where you're like, okay, I got some money I can invest with that I can lose. Whereas you got some people that if they invest three thousand dollars, that yeah, that's, that's, that's detrimental to them if they lose on it. It's like sixteen thousand dollars, not a lot of money, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially in the investing world, that ain't nothing. So, if we're no. scared to invest sixteen thousand dollars, we ain't cut out for this. That was just our mentality, so we had to mm-hmm. go all in with it. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, y'all, y'all were all in at three four thousand whenever yep. y'all got y'all loan. Mm-hmm. So y'all took out a $16,000 loan, got the property with $600 rent a month. Y'all done already made y'all initial investment back. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm trying to get like y'all when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, and that's a, uh, like, it's crazy because this is, because like we got a consulting service now where we teach people how to like purchase their first investment property. And that's very simple. Like a lot of people, they got the, they got a misconception that it's like, I need 20 grand to start investing. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, if you got a cut, especially if you can got a partnership, that's why partnerships are so powerful because you can have 2000, he can have 2000, somebody else, that's six bands right there. You can get a property for just three of that. You just got to know the right information and find the right deals and stuff like that. Information is everything. You don't really need the money. You just need energy. You do, yeah, yeah, you're right. As long as you got the information, a lot of times you don't, if you got the information and the credit, you can do whatever out here. The world is your oyster, as they say. <laughs> like, for real. Okay, so I like how you brought back up the group topic. We're going to go back to that. That, Like, how did that work? Because I've heard you talk about, I heard y'all talk about it before, you know. Y'all set up an LLC and everything to buy that property, right? Yep. Did y'all set up that LLC like that day on the spot? Or like, uh, was it private? <laughs> no, we set up the LLC like um, a month. When we went to Detroit? Yeah, so, yeah, we like set it, yeah it was like a month later. Okay. 
So y'all transferred the information from buying it to the LLC. LLC, I was wondering how that worked. That's that's a major another thing right there for a lot of the the listeners because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of times you want to wait until you have all those ducks in a row. You want your LLC. You want all this stuff. You don't need all that though. You don't. Don't miss out on a deal trying to be a perfectionist. Trying to be a perfectionist. Right. That's facts. That's real. So with the, the Detroit deal, just to go back to the group I asked back again, y'all all came back. Y'all all came up with what? $5,000 and just threw it at the property and just bought it cash that day. It was, it was two properties. Two properties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got to say. If you need a spot, <laughs> you bullshit. <laughs> so, like uh, the first one, because the guy, he was a contractor and he was the own, he owned like several homes out there. So he was just showing us. So like I said, my mindset was I'm thinking like if he's showing us these, he probably would willing to sell us, like sell it to us. So I'm like, so the first one, he sold it to us for like nine grand. Then the second one, he sold it for eleven grand. So basically twenty thousand for two. Like I said, he's a contractor already, so we don't got to go nowhere looking for a contractor. He's right here, and he might he our contractor now. Like he just was at our uh, first property fixing the steps today, sending me pictures and stuff. So it was like you can't really beat as an investor having an on call contractor because you need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the essential part of the team. We talk about exactly. teams all the time. You need a team for everything. Right. Well, I, I got another question because like we. We're talking about like, and we're throwing numbers out here and stuff. And so like, just thinking about it from a listener's point of view, it's sounding like you said, especially once you group up, get with other people, it's sounding fairly affordable, right? But with that being said, you were saying that the most important thing about being able to do it and being able to buy houses at that price point is learning the information and stuff like that, right? Uh So with that being said, I know you can't give away the secret sauce, but like, what would you... What would you want or what would you advise somebody to do as far as starting to learn other than like, I mean, because I know they need to come to your consulting service first. <laughs> hey, listeners, go if you're trying to get your first property. <laughs> but other than that, like, where would you say somebody need to start educating themselves? YouTube, a book, any specific book that helped you? Like, what, what would you say? I would or say all those YouTube, books, social podcast. media, podcasts, podcasts like y'all's, podcasts like ours. Uh, Twitter, Twitter is a like I always talk about Twitter because it's a pub for information. Like people undervalue like like how important that shit is. Yeah, you could go on there if you following the right people on Twitter, you can learn everything you need to know about something. Whether it's real estate, whether it's tech, whether it's crypto, if as long as you following the right people, getting the right communities, you can learn everything for free. <laughs> like you can't you can't beat that. So I would say like use. So for somebody that probably don't have, that don't have the money to spend to how to learn these things, use platforms like YouTube, like you said, get books, uh, podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, and just follow the right people. Uh, funnel through your through your followers to see who you follow. If they not kicking no games, no value to your life, unfollow them. Follow people that's giving you value. It's it's, it's really simple. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I'm going to uh, take it next level. Another thing you could do is start reaching out to real estate agents and, like, real estate professionals in your local area. 
Because just like one thing that really helped me is calling that real estate agent and letting her tell me the buying process, letting her walk me through it and like, you know, this is what you need. This is, you know, what you need to know about and all this. So reach out to like real estate agents, find you a real estate agent that specializes in investing because that's going to help you a ton. And then also you social media is great, but go to networking events, mm-hmm. real estate networking events in your local area. Go out there, show face, shake some hands, pass out mm-hmm. business cards. You know, one conversation might lead to you getting a mentor or somebody who's going to be there to help you out. So I would recommend like that 100%. Go, go get out there and show your face and meet some people. I want to piggyback off what you said with the Twitter thing too. Like, I, I agree. Everything y'all said is completely amazing. But yeah. you know, with the Twitter, what you call it, I know I, I like Twitter personally because like the, the crowd, like you said, you can basically cultivate your timeline and be getting straight information. And then I didn't like followers, people listening. I didn't even know who Xavier was. I didn't know who Deanna was. I didn't know anything about millionaire mindsets, but I started, people started retweeting it. So once you start to get into those circles, basically more of it will come to you if you pay attention. And so, like, I was just looking, and I'm like, oh, shoot, black couple investing in real estate? I listen to the podcast. I ain't gonna listen to them, and they cool as hell. <laughs> like, like if, you, if you get out there, you start trying to set yourself up to get in the position, basically, it'll, it'll start to come to you. Facts. Yeah, that's real. That's the, that's, the, that's the realest shit in the world. And it sounds like people, some people might hear this and be like, man, that just sounds so simple. Because I feel like when we at the beginning stage, we always think it's some trick like some little secret trick or it's like oh there it is now i know but the key is like to everything is simplistic for real like I always say they call it the cliches are the cliches for a reason because they, they stand the test of time they, they it's real shit so at the end of the day this stuff is really like as simple as we how we say it, it may sound it's really that simple as long as you like taking these steps to you know what i'm saying find this information get the information uh, you know, the reason we even went to that Detroit, Detroit real estate meetup is through Twitter. Through we Twitter. got invited through a Twitter invite. Exactly. So we would have never probably went to Detroit at that given time if we didn't get invited from Twitter. That's very inspired. I, I, I've never been a large fan of that damn bird app. That's what I call it. I was the same way, bro. Like, I just got on Twitter, like, September of 2018. And before that, I'm like, I thought it was whack. I'm like, man, it seems silly to me. But till I just, I don't know why I got on there. So I got on there and just started like talking to people, talking about like how I feel. And next thing you know, like it's, I got like a, I got a network, I got a network now of people that's doing real business on a on a, on a real level, like on a real level, and they like personally. And y'all wouldn't have never had access probably to people like that or learned a lot of this shit if I never got on that app. Like I like my like in my opinion, if I had to if I had to delete all my apps and keep one, that would be the one I kept Twitter. I'd keep Twitter too. Either I'd Twitter or Snap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm keeping the ground, but that's just separate. <laughs> <laughs> that shit kind of working in my favor. But, uh, <laughs> hey, but guys, that's that that is a great hack. Like that social media is the great hack to like get into those people, and I know like. We always talk about on our podcast, providing value and making sure that you have something to bring to the table. Social media, even if you're not a person or you're a person in the preparation stages that doesn't have anything to, of value to provide yet, that's a hack that you can use to get in and at least see the conversations. 
Like you might not be able to participate, but at least you can see and listen and be like, oh, okay, so they talk about this. Let me go Google that and find out more. You know what I'm saying? Like it can help to get you in those circles. And then if used correctly, it can help you to end up working with some of those people. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with some of those people. Bear in mind, we don't, we have much to offer them, (laughs) but they have, but they have everything that we are trying to get to and they know the process. And we've made ourselves in a position to where now we can interview y'all and we can talk to y'all and have these types of conversations. But it takes getting into that space, trying to find out more. Yeah. And those apps are free at the end of the day. So I take advantage before they start charging. <laughs> Boom. You know that shit on the Eventually it's going to happen. You're right. Facts. I, social media is the future of TV. Like, I know y'all, y'all be talking about this type of stuff too. In terms of like the future, no. I, let's dive into this. Let's yeah, do let's it. Do it. <laughs> so we invest in crypto, and we talk about the future and all that good stuff. So, how y'all feel about AI? Uh, I feel like, you know, I always hear people. I don't want to say complain about it, but I, I see people talk about it in a bad light. But how I see it is, with any new industry, it's gonna be a lot of mistakes. So with the mistakes, it comes a lot of opportunity. So I see it as. It's going to be a whole lot of fucking opportunity if you can recognize it. So it's going to help a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be millionaires, billionaires, just off of, I, like I, I always tell people, I'm like, yo, the smartest thing you probably do right now is probably learn how to fix, like, computers or the robotic shit. Because well, when it all come out, the shit ain't going to be like A1 because it's so new. So if you know, if you're the person that know how to fix this shit, you're going to make, like, money hand over fist. So I don't really got no, I know some of it, it be seeming like kind of too far, but I'm like, ain't nothing we can do. We can't stop it. So you gotta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta just, all right, go with the punches. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Kids don't know how to have balance mm-hmm. with stuff. So some stuff just be like, man, come on now. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't want people to get to the state where everybody lazy as hell and don't want to like, we are there. Living like Wally. It yeah, works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I definitely agree too with like the AI, some stuff too far. And like Deanna said, I don't want us to get too lazy. Like you're going to have a little stop a little on the uh, sidewalk where you just float around like the Jetsons or you, something. We're going to be living like Wally, but it's going to be cool. Uh, you, you take advantage of the shit the right way. You ain't got to be one of them chet people, you know? Yeah, you're right. I'm hey, walking, I, that's why. I'm not going to lie. Some of the stuff I think is kind of cool. Like, I know it's I listened to y'all's cool. episode uh, with Jamil and yeah. how, like, they have, like, bruh, I wake up in the morning and my floor knows to start heating up before I take a shower. Okay, that would like, be that's crazy. That'd be cool. <laughs> hey, that's cool to me. Like, yeah, hey, cool. and also, hey, listeners, y'all go check that out. I really like that episode yeah. as well as their podcast. Go check yeah. that out. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, when he was telling me that, I'm like, what? I'm like, that was crazy to me. Yeah, I, I never heard of that. So I'm like, and it don't run on Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, it's all its own network. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Man. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, even, like, with the future, because whenever, a few years back I was reading, there was, like, a proposal to make the roads solar, bro. So, like, all the roads would be made of this polycarbon or whatever, but it would have solar panels in the roads. And some of the benefits of it, though, was, like, how he said with the heating up. So if you in a snowy area, you can have heating pads in the roads to where you ain't got to shovel out snow anymore. The roads can heat up. Or you can have in the strip instead of paint, 
you'll have LED light strips to help uh, lanes and everything. And you can start departure and traffic if there's a wreck or whatever. You can just kind of like, instead of cones, you can program the road to detour traffic and stuff like that. I was like, that's pretty cool. And if they were to put that in effect, you would save so much money on fossil fuels because just just think about the infrastructure of the U.S. If you had a solar panel every road in the U.S., how much energy are we gonna have to pay for? Mm. I didn't think about that. I hate going for that. Oh, I know they ain't gonna do it. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the <laughs> idea that I would like to see happen. Black that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely. Well, that's some shit to look into. The future is not going to happen. Man, y'all look, y'all go back and listen to episode five, and I think that's what it was. We just talk about all kind of shit like that. Uh, yeah. Now, I do, I, I got another question, like, for y'all. So I know, or not I know, excuse me, I'm asking. So the basis is, seems to be, like, stock, real estate, crypto. Uh, Deanna, what made you go get the, the notary? Because uh, you said you're a mobile notary now. So I got like a ton of experience as a notary public and just doing it, I know how much you can charge on the outside, <laughs> but being a notary public and in the military, I had to do it for free. I mean, of course I'm getting my paycheck, but we do it in our office for free for, that, for military personnel. So when I got out, that was one of the first things I wanted to do because it takes one day to get your notary license. You can um, go take a six hour course and then for California, take a six hour course and test the same day and then if you pass they'll let you know if you pass and then you get your notary license and from there you could charge what is like 10 to 15 dollars per signature and a travel fee so if you do it for somebody buying a house who has loan paperwork it's about 10 plus signatures in there so eventually all of that adds up to a couple hundred dollars plus your travel fee to come meet them so that's easy money right there. If you if you know how to do it, just got to be careful because at the end of the day, it is legal documents and you can get in a lot of trouble if you mess that up. But if you know what you're doing and you're doing it right, signing a couple of papers and making a couple hundred dollars, like, why not? Be dead. Ain't bad to me. Uh-huh. So it's quick and easy. I think it cost me only like $300 to get the notary license. And you yeah. can make that back real quick. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. Also, quick plug. Uh, if y'all want more details on how to learn how to do stuff like that, go check out the website. We got Andre C. Hatchett's class. He teaches people how to do it. I'm currently enrolled in the class. I'm learning a lot. That's also yeah. why I wanted to ask the question. But yeah, that's that's it's really cool. Like I didn't know even notarizing stuff could be that that good of a side hustle. Yeah, it's like crazy. You can do it full time, part time, however you know works for you. Just build up a clientele, like with any mm-hmm. other business, and next thing you know. The phone ringing. You just get out there, go sign a couple papers. Yep. Hey, I'm, I'm glad she brought that up because, like, if you if you're in real estate, it's kind of like different phases of it. Like how she has she has her real estate uh uh her realtor's license and she's a notary public, and I'm getting my drone license and I'm getting my uh real estate inspector license. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we want to control all phases, so we ain't got to go outside the house for anything. So we keep everything in house. Where? What was, oh, what was that? The license you said you're getting the drone. drone. Drone, like to fly drone. Yeah, fly drone. Okay. Yeah, because and the reason for that is you can use that for like several different purposes. Like they got like a list of like the different how many different ways you can use a drone license to make money. One of them is like insurance. 
obviously hotels and real estate investors they need they need pictures of their properties from all kinds of levels so like how like i said how i see it is i don't want to go outside the house for anything i she can sell me a house i can inspect the house the only thing we'll need somebody for is a contractor to fix the house because i don't want to do that and that's like i want to learn about <laughs> she, but she want to learn that though so, so in game, we ain't gonna need. We gonna be the business. We ain't gonna yeah. need no business. Like, like, it, like you ain't gotta wanna learn it, but I'ma learn it. <laughs> I, I like it. I like I like architecture and the structures of houses and piecing stuff together. Like I really like that. So for me, that's where I want to go. I think that's I think that's so cool though. Like the way y'all have that dynamic and how y'all have it like set up. Because I know uh, I listened to the Millionaire podcast with Todd Millionaire. And I know one thing that he also talks about or always talks about is like being in a relationship or being married and how like as a couple, you can get so much more done. And I, I also want to ask y'all about that aspect. Like how has that helped with y'all, you know, as far as investing and mindset, all of it, like how's being a couple and moving at it with two help? It helps tremendously. And I'm going to say somebody else asked me this. Um, I got Josh on his uh, Corporate Cocus Fact podcast. They was asking me. It was like, uh, what's your weaknesses? And I was trying to think, and they was like, so you ain't got no weaknesses? And I'm like, no, I do. But the dopest part of being about being in a relationship, a good relationship, is it covers your weaknesses. But if she, if you got a good partner, and say I'm bad at, I got bad organizational skills. She's a great organizer. So me being a bad organizer really don't matter that much no more because she's great at that. You know what I'm saying? So that's the dopest part about being in a relationship is you guys balance each other out. She got a lot of good things she's great at. I got a lot of good things I'm great at. I got things I'm bad at. She got things she's not great at. It, it, it all balances each other out. So that's the dopest part to me, having to just being on the same page, same mentality, same goals, all that. It's better. As y'all know, y'all y'all got a group right now with uh, Black Wear Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you was by yourself doing all this, opposed to you having a group. <laughs> You see, look, look, look. This shit would have folded a long time, a long time ago, cuz. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's that's the benefit of working with like so and we together all the time. So it makes things way, way better process. And you gotta have the right partner though. Some people might hear this, they might try to go get a girl today or a dude today. But if it's the wrong motherfucker, shit ain't gonna work. That's true though. That's straight facts. So in the worst thing, hey, but that's cold. That's cold. I like that. That whole witch collar was a bar though. My boy was like, I ain't got no weaknesses. My girl, cover all of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fakes for real. Question: Do y'all ever get in like disagreements over business to where kind of like over plays into personal life, or do y'all have it set up to where y'all like, okay, this is straight business. If we just disagree about it, forget it. We're gonna come back to it later. Because I know some people can find that fuzzy. No, nah, we don't. We really, no, nah, because we we got a, a system in place for like we 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 put it in place like what who's in charge of what because we got so many different things going on. Like we got consulting, we got uh, merch, we got a podcast. She's a realtor. Like I'm doing. I've got this drone shit. I'm doing. We got so many different things right now. So we plan it out like who in charge of what because we you know what I'm saying we both can't be in charge of one thing. And like if she's better at it, why would I be in charge of it? So she better at this. All right, you got that. I'm worried. About, I'm gonna worry about the brand. I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? So we never really have no beats when it comes to like business stuff. It's like we'll talk about it. All right, I think this is the better decision. It's all logic wins. We ain't gonna do no emotional shit. If whoever got the best logic in the situation, all right, you got it. 
two plus two are always gonna equal four. So if you come to me with that logic, you got it. If I come to you with that logic, I'm expect for her to say, okay, I'm gonna step back. You got it. And then it's like we we may be business partners, but I respect the fact that we're still in a relationship. And the way we our belief system is like at the end of the day, he the leader of our household. So we can have our you know differences of opinions on stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm rocking with his decision. He gonna you know lead the way to where we need to go. I'm gonna get him my opinion, my facts, and then at the end of the day, he make the ultimate decision. Hey. Not non-investing question. Non-investing question. I'm sorry. Now I got the now we know we done kind of delved into the rabbit hole. I gotta go ahead and go on. Yeah, yeah, we back in there. Right. With that being said, because I know like just social media wise, there seems to be like a feeling that letting a man lead. I'm trying to say this as politically correct as possible. So basically, by letting your man lead, like they feel like it makes them less of a woman, or it makes them like less of a leader, or less yeah, like inferior. You don't feel like that. That the, oh, I mean, obviously, you probably don't. But like, why do you feel like that doesn't feel like that for you? I feel like it comes to the way I was raised, and I had like a real dominant and strong father in my life. So for me, if I'm rocking with a dude and he he not doing what he's supposed to do and not reaching the standard that I expect him to reach in the the guidelines my father done set for me, I'ma look at him and say if he's weak. So either I'm gonna have to step up to the you know, step up to the plate or he gonna have to step up. And at the end of the day, don't no woman want a weak man. So it's like I gotta hold him to that standard and he gotta play his role the way it needs to be played. So for a woman to feel like like inferior or something. I feel like that's crazy it's, to me. Like it's just really. Uh, I think, like, and no offense to women that think like that, but I think when they do think like that, they looking at from from a competition mentality. When at the end of the day, there is no competition from a man and a woman because we both got two different. We both got two different roles, and we <laughs> both do. You know what I'm saying? Even if we can do the same thing together, we still it's the yin and the yang. You a female, I'm a man. So it's like. We can't compete with one each other. That's like that's like a a a a, a bear competing with a, a alligator. They, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it don't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? They both got two different lanes, two different places of mentalities and all that. So I feel like women that do feel like they can't uh, let a man lead is because they're looking at it from a competition mentality. It's it's no it's no competition. A man is a man at the end of the day. A woman is a woman. That don't mean you less than or anything like that. It just mean. If you, I feel like my mentality is if you really want to be, I don't feel like this is probably gonna be cause up a lot of cause up a lot of controversy. But let's like, go. I feel, I feel like I feel this, and this is my point of view. I could be wrong, but I feel like at the end of the day, a woman would never be happy if she truly, if she'd never be truly happy if she like really leading a relationship. At the end, it's always gonna be some kind of strife in her head, like because it's not a natural thing, in my opinion. And at the end of the day, if a man not leading. He's never gonna be truly happy. I see this shit all the time. Well, I know people that's in relationships and they and they and they girl controlling them and they be fucking miserable. I talk to them. I'm like, damn. Then on the other side of that, with girls that's running their relationship, they might seem like they're happy, but when you catch them on the outside of that, they looking at a dude like me talking to me and shit. So I see it all the time. So I know at the end of the day, the rule is a man, you gotta play your role. You know what I'm saying? Your your girl obviously gonna have a say so, especially if she doing and she out here doing shit and as a man. You gotta play your role. You gotta, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be that leader. And but at the same time, a woman is just not gonna give you that. She gotta see something. And you know what I'm saying? You gotta be a man in your word. If I tell her, I'm gonna do this to that, I'm gonna get this certificate, this is gonna do this, 
I mean, if she didn't know me, I wouldn't expect for me, I wouldn't expect her to just let her lead, you know what I'm saying? Lead without be showing first. Then, all right, cool. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, I just wanted to know. I was curious, you know? Yeah, 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 we can have a long cut. Like, yeah, yeah, we can. We talk about it all we the talk time. About it all at the time. end of the day, we both respect each other's roles in mm-hmm. the relationship, and we know what you know. We know our roles, so us is no, is no, is no problems. You mm-hmm. know, you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane. Exactly. Because you got, you got to look at it like this. Worst case scenario, if everything failed with like business wise, and say we was down on our worst feet, like we went flat broke. At the end of the day. People on the outside, who are they gonna look at? You probably. They're not gonna look at you. Exactly. They're not gonna look at her like, damn. They gonna look at me like, damn, bro. You you have bad. You're not handling business like. Not handling business. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's bad leadership on your part, and that, yeah. that's not another, something I complain about. Like, man, that's that's fucked up. No, I take that. I'm a man. I'm supposed to take that. So you know what I'm saying with that, with it being like that, that's my position. I gotta lead. She she comfortable enough to to allow that, you know what I'm saying? Not think this is a competition. Okay, I'm a female, I got this, like, oh, it ain't it wouldn't even work if that was the case. Yeah. I do want to touch on that that competition thing, because now that we done dove all the way in this rabbit hole, like I would go back to a lot something that D touched on. She said that it went it was the way she was raised, why she was comfortable with that. And just talking on a whole culture, community type level. A lot of the people in the black community is well known. A lot of individuals grow up without a father figure. So I feel like that competition mentality might be like a result of that. That being that you seen your mama doing all this, oh, she had to be the mama and the daddy, that I gotta be the leader because she was the leader. But we don't need that mentality. We, it's, it's not like a competition, like you said. Whenever you play that rule. We can never do it. We can never be them and do what they do. We can never give birth to a child. It'd be yeah. as and all we a lot of shit we can never do that. And it's a lot of shit that they can never do. As long as you understand, like you just gotta understand that. Ain't no, like you can say, ain't no competition. A lot of uh women, like if they was raised in a single parent house, they their mama had to be that way. But if you want to be in a relationship, you don't have to be that way. So ain't no point in, you know what I'm saying, carrying on that mentality unless you want to end up. Like yo, like, <laughs> like your mama, <laughs> in the same family house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's just the facts of it. But yeah, but like, but that was uh, like when we first met, and I would have a conversation. Like the first time we met, the first time we kicked it, we had a real conversation about like all type kinds of stuff, black issues or whatever. And I and I could tell she had a real admiration for her father. And when I seen that, I'm like, okay, that that tells that t- that tells me a lot. Like it ain't gonna be no. Ain't no daddy issues, and no knock to girls, whoever do. But I'm just saying, for me personally, when I seen that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm with you, though. Like, dead ass, like, they, Jared texts me, because it's funny, because I always talk about that. Like, I'm not I'm not with the shits. Like, it's not cool. It's, I'm, I don't want that smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I said, no knock to, because, you know, some people take stuff the wrong way or personally, but it's just, I ain't knocking nobody personal. I'm just saying, me. When I seen that she had an admiration for her father, I'm like, okay, I know this probably could go somewhere long term. Cause you know how that shit work on the opposite side. When they 
never had no father influence. Not all of them, but a lot of them. It'd be down the road. It'd be a lot of problems that not necessary. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. But, about that. <laughs> he his parents married, so him being raised in a two parent household and seeing the dynamic of a real relationship and how you should treat a woman and how you should be the man in a relationship also was a plus. So me, you know, having my upbringing, but him having his and having that stability, just knowing the roles of a man and woman helps him be a leader in our relationship. I think I think this is a, that that conversation is cool though cuz then I feel like it's one that needs to be had in the in the black community more cuz it's like especially on social media like I know we've been talking about social media a lot this episode but like I see two different sides of the spectrum yelling the same stuff that like we're talking about now like oh you know if if I'm going to be the man of the household I want respect. Oh well if you're going to be the man of the household and want respect you better be like earning it. But it's like, you know, everybody's screaming, but not seeing like positive examples of people that are actually making it work and seeing like, okay, guys, I hear that. And I hear this and we're making it work together. Like they can work together. They're not mutually exclusive. Both of those ideas. Right. Yeah. As a community, I feel like our biggest weakness is that we too emotional. Like we not, we don't, we let our emotions rule like over over logic a lot of times where like a lot of the conversations it's a misunderstanding just because just because it's a misunderstanding they don't understand one another but if you logical to sit down and take in what somebody said listen you know what i'm saying you could really get to the root of it because at the root of it is it's, it's really silly at the end of the day and it made me think back to you mentioned earlier that you invest in crypto so could you tell me how that goes how that whole thing goes because you know as an investor you have to have a, a very logical approach to things yeah so what started in crypto was uh this was like early 2017 i was overseas and while i was overseas we ain't got nothing to do but work and you got free time to just learn shit. so after work i was to be learning shit, and i seen a lot of people talking about like bitcoin and stuff and i thought it was like some scammy shit. so i'm like no nah, i don't know so I, when i came home and then, uh, when I came home, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take this chance. Worst case scenario, like I keep saying, I lose a little money, but at least I know now. That'll be the price of me learning it. So I put mm-hmm. some money in it, and I and I made like $1,000 quick, like boom. So I'm like, damn, okay. So I'm still I'm learning more of it now. So I put more money into it. And this one, I was at work. I was in a meeting, and my phone blowing up. It's like, it's blowing up crazy. I'm like, man, what's going on? I get all these texts. They're like, man, you see what's going on with Bitcoin? I'm like, nah. So I go in the hallway. I made like $10,000 one morning. So I'm like, <laughs> so when this happened, and back in my mind, I'm like, I already know I didn't want to work a job, but I'm like, ain't no fucking way. It's going to take me, like, in the military, that shit's going to take like two, three months. Two, three months, you know what I'm saying, to pull in that. So I'm like, nah, ain't no, ain't no way. But yeah, so that's what got started. So then I just continuously kept buying, stacking up, going to conferences, learning, seeing how all these other different communities and countries is like all in on that shit. So that's what sold me for real. When I see these companies, these billionaire companies, these billionaires talking about some, yeah, I'm buying Bitcoin. Then you see on the, on the news, they talking about, yeah, don't, don't they, you know what I'm saying? They going in on it. But I'm like, why is that? But I had to think like, if I was, a, if I was something that, I thought, if I seen something that I thought was gold, and I know it's only it's a scarce commodity. Commodity is only so many. 
I'm gonna talk shit up to it so people won't go so I can buy it all up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I see what I see the game for what it is. So that's just that's how this shit started with me, man. I'm glad you said that too. Cause I'm starting to notice a real anti investing in single family type wave going on right now. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same type of thing. It's like people are like, oh man, fuck them single family homes. You can't make no money. And then on the cool, they just be like back door and buying up a few of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And like I see at the end of the day, man, if stuff going, if stuff going to bring you in the cash flow, like your shirt, if stuff cash flowing, single family, multifamily, like it don't also that whole argument, it never really made sense to me. Because if you got to, at the end of the day, it's still property. It's still going to be worth something at the end of the day. And if you can own it, somebody else going to own it, and they're going to be making from, money from it. So I'm pro single family, multifamily. You know what I'm saying? Multifamilies obviously is the goal. Cause the more doors you get, the bigger the cash flow is. But if you if you gotta start somewhere and you can only get a single family, I'm forward. It's so still y'all are y'all are in single families. Uh, that's like the type of investing that you do currently. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now we got uh, three single families, and I'm this, this like I said, I'm working on there right now. This is another single family, but I can yeah, do we it. Don't go ahead and speak it into existence. That's four right there. Boom. Yeah, that's four. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah, but like I said, the goal is to get uh multifamily, multi units. Is there a certain like uh ROI that y'all are looking for when y'all invest? Uh I just look for cat I look for a potential cash flow. Like, you know, they say you always want to get at least one percent uh of rent for your property. So if you got if you buy a property for a hundred thousand dollars, you want to get at least at least begin a thousand dollars every single month. But how I look at it is like okay, I want to get more than one percent though. Like I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like if I spend a hundred thousand dollars, I want to be pocketing two thousand dollars. I want to get at least two percent. So that's that's really how I look at it, shit. Because it's a lot of multifamilies that I can get right now, but it's like it, I feel like it's not it's not really worth it yet, as far as you know what I'm saying. The money that's going to be bringing in, as opposed to how much it costs to get it. And actually, that that's that's kind of interesting in my opinion that you kind of touched on that too, as far as like basically you have rules or principles that you go through before like you purchase a property like it has to reach first like has to reach certain uh limitations and and a criteria so with that being said uh i know and, and kind of just co-mingling them i know you just mentioned a few minutes ago like in crypto you made like ten thousand in one morning so is there anything like investment strategy wise that you would suggest to people um as far as two things, as far as like the stock market or, or excuse me, yes, yeah, stocks and crypto and that type of investing. And also, would you like, is there a certain way that you suggest that people do it? Like, should they start with stocks first uh, or or how? For a, new investor, for a new investor, I would definitely say don't start with crypto because it'll give you it'll give you the wrong mentality because it's so volatile. So you can make a lot of money fast or you can lose a lot of money fast. And when that happens is. You think that's the norm for investing? Well, I when, when obviously that's a that's that's not the norm at all. Stocks is way slower, you know what I'm saying? Real mm -hmm. estate is right is way slower. So for a new investor, I would definitely say don't start in crypto because most people ain't got the risk tolerance as somebody like me. Well, my risk tolerance is crazy. I don't really care, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand most people ain't got this. So I would definitely like first. I would definitely not start with crypto for a first time investor. But as far as principles. I always tell people like the three main things to me is you gotta stay consistent, you gotta uh, be patient, and you gotta be doing your research. If you do those three things, you'll be good. Like some people, they end up in the stock market, they have spent a thousand dollars, 
and they'll be like, damn, expecting $10,000 within six months or something. It don't work like that. You got to keep putting money in it. You got to wait on it. You know what I'm saying? You got to really have a long-term mentality. So, the, like, those my mate, like, staying patient, consistent, and uh, doing your research. As long as you do those three things, I feel like you can't really lose, especially long-term. Like, you might have a down six months, a down year, but five, ten years, you're going to win. But you just got to have that patience to sit and wait long-term. I like what you said about your risk tolerance, man. And I, and it goes back to something like what YG kind of says. It's like you stay in danger. That's that's a that's a dangerous mindset, but it's like a danger in a good way. It's one of those like I don't care, but I know I'm gonna get it back. And but that makes me allows me to get investments that I probably wouldn't have had if I didn't have that kind of mindset. Right. That's real. <laughs> I think the. To piggyback off that and, and throw in also another rapper, <laughs> I, I like how uh like like what Nip had said. He was like, I realized there wasn't no sense in playing defense. Yeah, he was like, there wasn't no sense in playing defense, nigga. That's why I jumped off the deep end, nigga, without a life jacket. Cause ain't no ain't no sense in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the mentality. That's the mentality. That's the mentality at the end of the day. Like, if you young, at the end of the day, it's like y'all know how it is. You young, you black. You probably come from certain environments where to get ahead, you really gonna have to take a risk. Like it ain't gonna be no, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I tweeted the other day, I'm like, the odds of you saving up your first thirty to fifty thousand dollars is slim to none. The shit most likely not gonna happen. For you to get to that point, you're gonna have to take the little bread you got and take a risk. Whatever that is, obviously we want it to be legal. We don't want no, you know what I'm saying? We don't want no, no black people, no young black kids out here doing illegal shit. But, like, you're going to have to take some risk. That's just what it is. You're going to have to suck it up. If you truly want to get to that point where you got some bread, where you up $100,000, $120,000, the truth of the matter is you're just not going to not gonna really save that. It's, like, very slim to none for that happening. So you got to be willing to, like, all right, I'm about to buy a property. All right, I'm about to invest in the stock market. You, you, It's just you're going to have to. There's no way around it for real. Like, most of us, we ain't come up in no households where – where our people got bread, you know what I'm saying? My, I'm like, I ain't come up with that shit. So I had to, like, get some bread and play with it to see, make it double, make it triple. Be like, damn, now I got some money now. Because it's the reality of it. And that's, but that's real, though. I like that, I like that, that mindset because it's like, I realize, you know, basically you just like, I realize I'm at a disadvantage. I realize I don't have all the resources that I would like to have. But instead of sitting here and complaining about it, how about I take what I do have and take a few risks with it? And some some of it I might lose. Shit, but for when I start figuring out how to double up, ah, oh, it's over with me. <laughs> but then you, you never really lost it in the first place because you really just, all that you put up, like even just to speak on our personal journey, like as Black Wolf Renaissance, we mentioned it before, but like we've never been scared to put our own money up in an investment. At all. Like no. just even when we was in college and broke, we put our money up and we lost money by all accounts. We lost money, but we gained knowledge that helped us get to this point. Yep. And that's just like how he, Xavier mentioned. Like, yeah, I'm gonna double up eventually. I just had to put it out there in the street first. For real, you gotta put it out. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be comfortable enough to be like, ah, oh, let me just put it out there. Don't be scared, bro. Especially like I feel like. The black community, like, I feel like other communities don't be really scared when it comes to bread like that. From my experiences, when I see it, but when our community is like, oh man, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if that's gonna work, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> come on, somebody <laughs> Like my homie, my homie, he tweeted this like last week. He was like, he was telling his mom that when he was about to buy an investment property in Gary, Indiana, 
or somewhere in Indiana, and she was like, no, nah, don't do that. Those people be worshiping the devil or something like that. So I'm like, yo, like, just think about, like, what if he, what if he, like, took that and was like, damn, okay, I ain't going to do it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times in our community, we be having, like, this spook mentality where it's like, that ain't for us. That's for them. Oh, no, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to, you, you got to get, put, put yourself out there. And I think it's, it definitely comes from, like, the older generation, too, especially when you're young. Like, the older generation will be like, nah, I don't know about that one. That you might not want to do that one, baby. You might want to keep your money and this over thing or the retirement fund over here. Bro, I like, like, I didn't even tell my mom. Like, when I bought my first investment property, I didn't tell her until afterwards because I knew if I would have said something, she would have been, like, coming from a scarce mentality where you sure you want to do that? You sure that's going to work? Don't get scammed, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I ain't, then afterwards I told her, and then when I bought the 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 second and the third one, I told her afterwards, and she like, what? Which is, she still had the mentality as like, I know over time, the more I do it, and she see it's working for me, it's gonna be like, oh, my son know what he, what he know what he doing. So question, I, well, first, comment on the first part. I think that that issue in the black community comes from like the lack of, in my opinion, experience. Like we look at something like like Jay Morrison and uh, the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. And it's like, that's the very first of its kind led by African-Americans. But if you look at it, there's so many other real estate funds that like are already established and running. They just don't look like us. You know what I'm saying? So I think it comes from like that lack of experience. They don't know. So they're trying to guide us away from it. And, and, and it just, it ends up working out like that. But it, it it's just a frustrating thing. But it is what it is. But I, I wanted to ask you like, as far as that mindset, how did you establish that 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 like that mental fortitude to be like everybody else might be wrong like like i think i, I think i might actually be right like my i know my mom might not be with this but like i think i'm right like what how did that how'd you get there i think it was like i'm from chicago so you you growing up you see most people's situation is not what you want your situation to be when you become an adult so obviously it's like I'm not going to value, like I, like, I appreciate what they tell me, but I'm not going to take that much value in it because I see y'all, I see y'all real life every day. So I'm going to mm-hmm. hear you, and I'm going to, but I'm like, like, why would I take that advice? But like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, look where you at. I'm not trying to be where you at. If I wanted to be where you at, I would take your advice. But obviously I'm not. So I'm not going to really, you know what I'm saying, value your, your advice as, as much. And when it comes like to risk, like I said, I'm from Chicago. So I come from like certain areas where, Yo, life could really be on the on the line. I was in the military overseas. Like any moment, some shit could have got blewed up. So my mentality is, the worst case scenario, the shit ain't. I ain't gonna die. As long <laughs> as I ain't gonna die, I'm good. Like, like you know, what I'm saying, as long as I'm alive, I can play. I can play this game. As long as I'm alive, bro. Like it ain't. The shit ain't. I ain't. It ain't no threat to die. I ain't got no threat with somebody finna shoot me. I ain't got no threat, but I'm going to be getting bombed at overseas. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't none of that. It's money. It's just money. So it's just like, that's how I see it. Well, that's cool because it's like, basically, you done, you done been in riskier situations, so fuck it. This money ain't much. Like, yeah. I'm still, I still get another shot. It's for real. And this, y'all probably know how it is. You know what I'm saying? Certain areas, we get, y'all, I know y'all are from, like, different areas and stuff, but. Well, we really kind of, like, all from the same area, too, though. Like, we all from Louisiana. Everybody just branched off, except for Kelly, Kelly from Texas. Texas. We got Louisiana family, so shit. He could, he could kind of save from the boot, too, if he want to, you know. Right. But y'all know, it's probably areas in Louisiana where it's like, Real live. 
anything can happen. So it's like when you get into different environments with that aspect not there no more, it's like, what the fuck am I scared of? Yeah. Like, why would I be scared of this? I've been around people that got guns, crazy situations. Like legit, guns on the call. You got a pound of weed right here. If a police come, it's all we do. I think that's, but that's like, as fucked up as those environments is, I think they'll give you an advantage for people that uh, that recognize the opportunity because they get a different advantage. It's no fear. It's like, yo, I've been around some, some real live sharks before. So yeah. this this business shit ain't nothing. I'd have been I'm like, you know, I'm from like I said, I'm from Chicago. I've been around, I had friends that was by the time we was 14, 15, it was they was they was on some shit. Like on some real life, you know what I'm saying? Some real shit. So so like I said, I've been around sharks. So when it comes to business, I know at the end of the day, this motherfucker ain't gonna kill me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to kill him either. We just trying to do business and I ain't scared of that. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. I think I think that's cool too, cause like I one of the very first and I talk about it all the time, like one of the very first books I read that got like my mental to start the shift was Rich Dad Poor Dad. And like he talked about it in there to like or I kind of had, had made an example out of what he said. Basically, like, you could tell the same person, I'm going to give you $10,000, and they'll go put a down payment on a car that'll lose, automatically going to lose half its value. But if I tell them to take, I'm going to give you $10,000, go use five to invest in something, they'll be like, oh, no, nah, that's risky. You was just so cool with losing half just a second ago, like, automatically. But, <laughs> but you scared of losing half now? Like, Nah. They they too wrapped up in emotions. They they get that satisfaction of the new car on the front end, but then three months down the line they mad because they paid <laughs> they six ninety five and two hundred thirty dollars on the insurance. <laughs> that's just that's crazy to me though. Like that, but that's that's why I podcast like and like y'all's is so important because we need that 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 mindset shift we, as a culture. We need that that diversion so that we can figure out that like a hey, risk. Sometimes isn't as bad. Maybe you don't have a crazy risk tolerance, like like say, but like you still can have risk a risky tolerance. You know what I'm saying? And take certain things on. Yeah, that's real. But I got a, I got a question for y'all though. So like with the platform y'all built, like all the work y'all put in, like what do y'all tell other young, especially young black kids? Cause you know a lot, especially in these communities, a lot of these kids still got the mentality as there's only so much they can do. They have a limited thinking. Like it's like they can't really see outside of their situation. It's like I can't do that. It's a it's a white man holding me back. Whereas it's some systems that are in place. But a lot of times right now we can do whatever the fuck we want. Like mm-hmm. I ain't nobody gonna stop me or my son from doing. It. And I ain't got no kids. But I always speak like when I have a kid, ain't nobody. He not gonna have that mindset as damn the white man is. I'm like yeah, yo, yeah. What the, yo, you act like excuse my language. If my son was to ever say something like that, I'm like you act like a bitch straight up. Like I ain't teach you that. Why you think that? You can do whatever you want to do. So, but I'm, but, I'm, but my point is, it's a lot of people that think like that. And what y'all doing, like what y'all doing, is amazing for real. Like, what do y'all tell people that still got that mindset? That's that's a great question. And, um, I know, I know. A lot of the time, for me, I just use what we've currently done as a personal example. Like, okay, I like just I told you earlier, just the story of like, look, we took our money, we put it back. Like, cause I feel like a lot of the times when people had that mentality, also it reflects in their spending. 
and they don't really save no money to, to invest in themselves. They always talk about the white man holding them back. I like to bring it back to your own habits. Mm. So I like to say, I like to just kind of open their mind up to the possibility of instead of taking that money and going and buying something and blaming somebody else for your problems, you take that money and invest in yourself and see what you can get out of that. Because if you'd have told me in October when I started an Instagram page that this was going to be making money and was going to be a legitimate business, I'd have said, you crazy. Yeah, we just doing this shit for fun. But that's real life. Like, this is today. This is the internet. This is the way we can make money. Um, For me, whenever people tell me stuff like that, man, I be it's kind of like him too. I'm like, bro, first off, you need to change your mindset. I'm like, yes. Like you said, there are systems that are in place. But if you pro- providing a great enough product, a great enough service, there's no way that somebody can come in, match that, rescale exactly what you're doing because they don't have what you got. They don't have your thinking. They don't have your intellect. They, do. they don't have your vision. So why can, if you're creating something that great, how can they block that? How can they, you might be able they might be able to slip in, offer you some money, and take your idea from you. But if you're smart enough to know, hey, no, if you want to help me or whatever, I'll argue, I'll offer you to where you can help me some some way or whatever, make some money together. But you're not about to take my intellectual property. Um, and I also tell people, like you said, it's it's all about where you come from and how you grew up. Me, I'm the oldest of five kids. My mom was a single family mom growing up. But I had to be, I had to get it. Like I was always that child that was just like curious and stuff. So I would go learn or like I had to do stuff for my mom while she was gone. So I had to grow up quick. But I didn't look at the streets as, oh man, I got love with that. I didn't have a lust for fast money. I, I, I had a lust for women, I ain't gonna lie. But <laughs> that's on another time. But I have a lust for like all the flashy guns, all of this and that. You have to be able to tell yourself, What's real, what's going to last, and what's not. Because I know I didn't see 30 niggas on this one corner growing up, and all Man, of them been gone within two to three months. Right. So you tell me what's the difference. Do you want to get a legal bag, or do you want to go do some fuck-ass side shit? And then and... say the white man the one holding you back. Exactly. <laughs> Whenever you go to jail, you mad now. Yeah. And that's what I said. My main, my the main way I always try to like, I guess, uh, convince people or change their mindset is like mainly through two things. Like with positive examples, that was part of the reason why I really, really wanted to start the page. And like we was always having conversations about the page was because it was like we would hear about basically we were being told that black people couldn't do this or black people couldn't do that. And so like then I got introduced like on social media via to some of these like these different communities of people that were doing different things together and, you know, different stuff like that. And I was like, well, you telling me that this isn't possible, but I'm literally seeing examples of it. So like, that was, uh, that, that's one of the main things that I try to show people. They're like, you know, Oh, well, can't no black person own no, you know, trucking company, you know, that's, that's too hard. They ain't got the resource. Oh, they can't hold on. I'll show you who this stays right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, ain't nobody, you know, you can't work with black people. That's always the issue, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you always have a problem with that? Oh, they can't? These guys just bought a house in Detroit. Like, I can take these examples, and, like, that's what I really love about social media. My main thing is, like, I'll take somebody, and I'll be like, 
tell me everything you did you think that ain't possible and i'll show you examples of people that are doing it or ways that you can get to it and so then by there they start to see that like okay it's possible you know because that's one of the biggest things in my head that's the issue is like we don't do it because we don't even know that we can you know what i'm saying like some of the time it's it's not like you didn't you didn't do it because you didn't want to it's because you didn't even know that you could do it like you didn't know it was an option and then the other thing um i try to like get people to do to change their mindset is just like convincing them to use what they have like what david said with uh and, and they'll be surprised how the returns will come back to them like what david uh what david said we started an instagram page people know instagram pages are free like you started this for something for free and then started to turn it into so much more so it's like, I'll always tell people, no matter what you got, especially when changing your mindset, no matter where you're starting it, you got something. You got a lot to offer, you know? So that, that that's always the way that I try to get them to transition, showing them the examples and showing them, like, you have something to offer, just put it out there, you know? Mine is, like, it's basically similar to Jared's, you know? Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody's got an iPhone, an Android, something they can search on the Internet. What we always talk about, we always talk about Professor Google and YouTube University, right? And, and life to me is whatever you get out of it, right? So I can I can research, okay, I wanna research how to do this, how to do that. I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. I can always research on these two apps. I can find everything I need to know about those things, right? So I don't need to have the white man to hold me down. Okay, I gotta go to college because I can't afford it. But I got these two apps that's free and I can learn all everything I need to know from these two apps. And the same, same thing with social media, it's free. It's free game. You can, like Jared said, you can see examples. You don't, you, you don't see people being positive in the black community. There's an example right here on social media. You don't see people having black businesses and, 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 and being successful in them. There's an example on social media. And, and then you can network with those people and they'll teach you how to be successful with those businesses. And, that, and that's, a real, that's the real key with the social media is networking and so and getting mentors and so they can show you how to do it and like jared said it is it is that is one of the main problems people don't see the examples mm -hmm. and if we if we we're able and that's one of the reasons why we started the page is we wanted to show people the examples of how to get it done and it can be done and that's the and that's that's just my biggest point is showing people exactly how to do it and it can be done and becoming mentors for people even, I I, I from the page all the time like, I, yeah, I, like even finding content to post on the page we learn and i want to piggyback off of what you said jared about starting with what you have like if you go to africa and see some of the things that people say is trash to us what they take and make like there's this one guy making shoes out of straight old tires bro like the man carving shoes making shoes out of old tires another lady she's taking old tires making chairs out of Africa is converting trash into fuel now. Like, if you don't know about what's going on in Africa nah, right now, Africa is blowing Africa is going to be man. The, the next like, big economy. With that they tech, with fix up. Uh, renewable resources, like, they are blowing up. The NBA but just started a league in Africa. I know. Africa. Yeah, yeah. Started, yeah. A league started a league in Africa. So, like, like you said, take what you have. If you're looking at something, that's another thing that I've got from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Don't look at something as being written off. Like with the comic book uh, uh, part in the in the book, whenever there's like, they were getting the ones that they were throwing away, they ended up opening a whole little 
library. library for people to come in and they was really making money as some kids. Like me now, anytime I look at something, I'm like, how can this be beneficial or how can this be changed? How can it be altered? How can it be transformed into something new? Because everything is a byproduct of something. A diamond is a byproduct of coal being pressurized for over years. So you just got to take what you got, like Jared said, and transform it. That's what entrepreneurship is. You transforming something, making it valuable to someone, and you are solving a problem for them. And then the killer part, I, I'm sorry. I know we're going on a tangent on this question. I was yeah, like, man, he got us preaching it. We don't bro. get questions too often, bro. We always do the questions. Because, like, the, the killer part to me is that, like, people will have a skill or a talent or something that they have to offer, and they don't even know. Like, and, and going back to the example thing, kind of combined them, like, my example, the, the thing that taught me that was my, my grandparents. So I've, t- I've touched on them a few different times throughout the podcast, but – um, my grandma worked as basically a janitor at the college that I went to or ended up going to later. And my grandfather was a teacher and he was a high school teacher. So it's like, we're not making, you know, crazy high salaries here and nothing like that. But my grandma took the skills that she had learned from basically having to clean this big ass school and make sure everything was good. They started basically their own cleaning service and they were cleaning churches. They were cleaning uh, houses. They were cleaning office buildings, banks, different stuff like that. They flipped that bag and then went started buying their real estate, started building their stuff like that. But it's like you would think or most people would think just thinking about career wise. Oh, man, I'm a janitor. I don't have nothing to offer. I don't have no skill. Yes, you do. Like it's taking what you have and then just making it into more. You know, like I like, like what you said, it's a byproduct. It's it, just taking the skills that you have, adding in the education and then having a byproduct that you some bread to blow. <laughs> And what's crazy is how you just said how your, your grandparents flipped that bag, and that was probably a long time ago. I think today, if you got those same skills and has a and have an entrepreneurial mentality, you could flip that bag twenty times more just due to the internet. Like yeah. I like I always t- I always tell my homies, I'm like, yo, we in a period right now, and I always say this because I want people to understand how important this is. We in a period right now where entrepreneurs, we are the new rappers, we the new rock stars, mm-hmm. and I'm like. And when I say that, I don't mean as like we have to carry ourselves as a rapper or nothing, but just from content-wise and, and, and creation-wise, like the same benefits a rapper got, an athlete got, we, we get into a period now where we can get that. Like pretty mm-hmm. soon, it's going to be companies like Nike reaching out to entrepreneurs like y'all because y'all got influence. So whoever has the influence, they're going to be able to, to finagle this game so many fucking ways where it's like unbelievable. And that's like, and that's one part of it. Another part of it is like, you can always repurpose whatever dope product, service, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you have, you can repurpose it. Like, it's a reason why Michael Jordan is coming out with the same fucking shoes for 25 years, because he made a dope product. He made a dope product. So that like, with this podcast, with my podcast, it's out in 2019, we can re-come out with this shit 20 years from now and get the same fucking result. Still make money from it because we made a dope product or we got a dope Never story. Agree. So that's the dopest part. Yeah, that's the dopest part of being an entrepreneur to me is the shit lasts a lifetime if it's done correctly, if it's done right. Because you can always drop that shit again. Robert Kiyosaki came out with Rich Dad Poor Dad again and it was a bestseller again. The same fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same book, bro. Like with a little minor updates. So like that's 
Like some people might see that as like when I see people talking about Jordan, like he just coming off the same shoes. It's like you can't be mad at him. They buying them. Right. Y'all buying them. <laughs> it's the same. It's like it's the same thing for us. Like if you got a t-shirt, cash flow t-shirt, you could drop that shit again 10 years from now, get the same fucking result over and over and over again. Like that's so dope to me. That's the time we're in right now. So I just want to say that real quick. Nah, man, I definitely agree with you. And just saying, if Nike come talk that shit, I'm taking some equity rights. Well, I'm, I'm going to call up LeBron people, though, man. I need that max. Look, y'all better, y'all call, y'all better talk to Jalen then. Because I don't want <laughs> give me a big ball of brain. I promise y'all it's going to happen, bro. Like, y'all see what Gary V did with K-Swiss? Nah. I did see that. I saw, I saw that. So he got a deal with K Swiss. He got his own. He got his own K Swiss shoe, and it's sold out mm-hmm. or whatever. But I like. But I like bring I like, back the K Swiss shoes too. I like bringing that up because that's not. Uh, that's probably an anomaly right now. But that's gonna be the norm. Yeah, that's gonna be the norm for business people, for entrepreneurs. He got influence. Like they just not gonna go after these athletes, these rappers no more. To the, the, the people that on Instagram, Twitter, that got influence, that know like this person could sell a product. You, I want, I want to have a black wealth renaissance Nike shoe, Adidas shoe. The shit gonna happen. Like it, sound, it might sound crazy. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> really, that old for Black History Month? Cause <laughs> it sound crazy, but I'm telling you, like shit going. Whoever got the influence, they gonna be able to do whatever they want to do from all aspects, from any kind of deal. So that's why it's like so. Being an entrepreneur right now is so dope because like the opportunity is literally is endless. As long as you're making dope shit, it's endless. Bro. Okay, man. We're going to move into our last segment. Last segment of the episode, bro. We're going to get into what's on your timeline, man. Um, and basically, it's just whatever you saw on your timeline, whatever you saw that you want to speak on, something that you said that you feel is impactful. You know my nigga dropping them five tweets. Bro. I know, man. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, from anybody or from me, from me myself. Yeah. It don't matter. Whatever. It don't matter. Whichever one you want to speak on. Oh man. Man, I don't know. I I can't even right now. I, I I'm like I, I'm trying to go down my timeline and see like what I see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. But like, huh? I don't know, man. I'm gonna see what's what's the what's the latest thing I tweeted. <laughs> uh. I guess okay. So I said I, we kind of just spoke on this. Like this, probably I think it's the last thing I tweeted. I said nobody can stop you from becoming su- successful. The only enemy you have is yourself. And what I mean by that is like how we was just really talking about in our community. It's a lot of times where I think we use use uh, the white man as a crutch. Yeah. Like we 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 got a pair like it's like okay I can't do this as a white man. And like I said. Don't get it twisted. There are things in place that is like aiming to prevent, you know what I'm saying, a certain group of people from doing shit. But at the end of the day, we had a period where, in my opinion, like my mentality is, can't nobody stop me from doing nothing. And I know I can get way, way further thinking like that than thinking, oh, it's a white man somewhere, he blocking this door for me. Yeah. Like, what the, like, I don't think like that, bro. Like, like I said, I know it's racist shit that happen every single day, but I still know at the end of the day, if I use my uh, network right, I'm doing what's right. I connected with like-minded people like y'all as a group. How can they stop us if we connected as a group doing whatever? They can't. 
exactly. I, I, I retweeted that tweet because I really I, I'm down for that because I'm such a big believer in that like that just abandoning that victim mentality, bro. Like, bro, the world don't like. In in your head, the world revolve around you, but I promise you, the world don't give a shit about you. No, bro, it don't. It don't. It's it's it's, it's you gotta uh, just link up with like minded people, connect, and do the do the motherfucking work. You can't a group of people that's all I'm saying go. It ain't gonna be stopped, bro. It ain't gonna be stopped. And if it is stopped, it's probably because y'all did something wrong. That's a fact. Big old fact, man. <laughs> so yeah. That, that, that's probably that's that's the only thing I can think of right. All right, I I, I told you something else saying how uh just about some real estate shit saying how uh like I I haven't been touching my rental income this year and I'm about to I'm about to cash it out this month and use that to buy another property. So like I feel like that's how you play the game when it comes to real estate. Just getting back on the investment set tip is you let your assets. I mean it's cool to let your assets play for the fun shit because that's what it's for. But at the end of the day, you want to keep that like nip say all money in. You want to use those assets to buy more assets, and that's how you get to the point where you got you got wealth. Hey, I do have something I want to bring up for what's on your timeline. This is an article I seen earlier today. It was talking about the disappearance of the American middle class and like the fallacy that is the American dream. I saw and, that. Yeah, I just wanted to like just talk on that as a group because I mean, being that we all like minded young young black men wanting to invest, uh. I think it's real important that everybody that wants to build wealth and look at things right now and like really understands the way the economy works and just the way money is right now in general, that the middle class is not a real thing anymore. It's not. It's, not. it's just not a thing. Like it, And I think one of the big takeaways I had from that article was that a lot of people are so hard down chasing that middle class dream that they're just putting themselves in just oodles and oodles of debt. Like, they just, like, putting getting this up down bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because for the education, you're talking about the education? Yeah. Yeah. What's pretty? Yeah, 738,000. In debt. In debt. How many degrees? I don't know. I just seen the uh, I really just seen the headline. I didn't even read the article because I'm like, I don't even want to read this shit. This is a horror story. That shit <laughs> don't even matter how many degrees. Yeah, I didn't read it either. <laughs> I saw I saw it, but I was like, I don't even want to click down. I, I don't even want to click on it. <laughs> when I, I, when I, the headline was all I need to see. I'm like, God damn. You know what that made me think about that skit of that old oh, yeah album, that little Jimmy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All these degrees will keep me warm. All these other homeless people got newspaper, but I got degrees. <laughs> That's real, man. Hey, <laughs> it's an extinct thing. At the end of the day, it comes down to you got financial freedom when you don't. Yeah. That's it. The middle class, that's just some, some makeup shit to just, you know what I'm saying, separate people for real. To make you feel you're doing better than what you are. It's like, like that uh, that tweet or that meme that always go around. They be like, if you could pay your bills and you could and you do all this and you ain't got nothing left, you ain't broke, you responsible. I'm like, stop fucking lying to yourself. You broke, bro. <laughs> you broke. <laughs> but keep it real. If I pay all my bills and I ain't got nothing left, I'm broke. They <laughs> <laughs> said you're responsible. <laughs> they ain't talking you ain't broke, you're responsible. I'm like, dog, you can tell yourself whatever you want to feel comfortable. At the end of the day, you broke. If you can't 
do what you want to do on your terms. I mean, you got it like that. That's just the goal. That's just the truth. You got to work till you can get to that point. I guess. And I guess that's just how some people cope. You know, I'd rather tell myself that that's, that's how it's supposed to be rather than thinking about, hey, I should be able to change it. But no, that that's actually, and, and I mean, even going back to the question that you asked earlier, that's usually how people's mindsets end up getting changed because they be people that are like sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they just realize, man, some got to shake. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm tired of hitting my head on this damn wall. Let me walk <laughs> through the door now. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, Zay, man, we definitely appreciate you getting on here with us, bro. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, you this has been a dope-ass conversation. We might just release this mug as a two-piece thing. <laughs> oh, what, what you got right there, my brother? I got a question. Wait, 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 wait. We, yeah, we need a plug of it? No, 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 no. We need we need an update. This is the beginning of the episode. I want to be able to advertise that. Beginning of the episode to end of the episode, Xavier closed on a crib. I need to know. Did we – number four? It's handled? Hey, I, I got to – I ain't been reading my messages, but before we start the show – it was it was it was looking good. So I'm All right, cool. <laughs> and we, we just gonna take it as a great thing, man. By the time this release, the deal gonna be unclosed. Right. By the time, this, by the time this release, it'll be closed. He'll be working on number five or six. Oh Appreciate that, but real shit. I wanted to say this to y'all real quick. Like what y'all doing is like so amazing. I know like a couple years ago, and that was the reason why I started my podcast was I'm like and it's not a love. We we hear about the celebrity stories about Jay Z, Beyonce, and that's cool. That's amazing too. But it's a lot of success that from everyday people that you would have no idea unless you had that conversation with. So what y'all doing? Like y'all y'all got a huge platform. Like I'm pretty sure y'all know how powerful it is. But even if y'all don't, like what y'all doing for the culture is like unbelievable for real. Because there's so many people, especially in our community, they don't see no way out, and all they gotta do is go to y'all page. And just scroll down the fucking timeline to just be like, damn, he look like me. She look like me. I could do that. So that shit is like, for real, like I salute y'all to the utmost. And y'all got my respect and support with anything. Because what y'all doing for, for like young people is like, not even just young people, any, anybody for real. That shit is amazing, bro. Like amazing, for real, for real. Hey, bro, we, we definitely bro, we really appreciate it. Yeah, like, you, you don't know how much that means, bro. Because like, that's really, that's really part of what we set out to do. Like, we was like, man, we don't see no, nothing like this. And we trying to create something like that where people can know it's a way out. Like, it's incredible. That shit is amazing, bro. Like, for real. Like, like, I wish when I was a shorty, it was something like that. That I could be like, damn. Because now, you know, I came up, I thought you either had to hoop or you had to be a hustler to make bread. But if mm-hmm. I would have seen y'all page when I was a shorty, I would have known, oh, then I could do real estate. I could do this. I could do that. I could be an engineer. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what y'all doing? That shit, that shit amazing, bro. That shit is amazing. We gonna just keep trying to do our best, man. I, you got me feeling all emotional over here, man. I ain't, I ain't think we was doing all this, man. But hey, we just try to do it for the culture, my brother. Y'all are, though. Y'all are for real, bro. Like I don't know if y'all recognize the impact y'all got, but y'all definitely created a platform where it's like people y'all like to go to, y'all to go to right now for the for the inspiration within the community. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate we. It. That's yeah. like you said, that's just all we want to do, honestly. We just want to help push the com- culture forward and just help our people just make it, man. Like like you said, see a way out, find a way out. Like, go become a mobile notary and make $250, $250 for 15 minutes. Zay, man, where can the people find you? Like, and 
just keep up them, with you yeah, keep up with you tell them feel free to plug anything you got going on too bro yeah because y'all got some dope stuff going too <laughs> yeah 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 i appreciate that but uh Deanna, she had to step away because she had to, some dude about to buy because she a realtor so she you know what i'm saying she had to go get her bread so but that's the same when the same when the same when the uh interrupt the show so she she wanted me to tell y'all that but you can find us on instagram me on instagram and twitter at uh xavier c miller Deanna on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Uh, Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. Uh, y'all can listen to our podcast, the Millionaire Mindsets podcast. That's available on all platforms. Type it in, easy to find. If you want to learn how to uh, close all your first real estate deal, get your finances in order, you just go to uh, parkhillconsultantservices.com and book an appointment. We got uh, like a free 30-minute call. You can, For anybody that can book right now, do that. And we can just chop it up. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we got. I'm about to go book that now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm about to book that. <laughs> yeah, right? Just go ahead and send us over all them links, my brother, because we could drop all that in the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to send y'all the links. I'm trying to, I'm, that's pretty much like, I don't know, she got, she got her notary services. If you in California trying to buy a house, you can holler at Deanna Kent. Uh, that's pretty, that's like pretty much everything. I know it's something I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting it right now. but Hey, it'd be like I'll that, man. I understand. I'll send, I'll send it to y'all. <laughs> for sure, bro. Yeah. One thing I, I just wanted to throw in, I really want to advocate for their podcast, man. I'm a like I'm an avid listener. Like I really do yeah, like their podcast. I want y'all to go check that out. Like yeah, yeah, that episode with Jamil is still one of my favorites thus far. Like I really think they like their podcast is really cool because like you're getting everything from a really dope perspective. And they talk about a lot of different topics. Yeah, and you can find that on blackwolfrenaissance.com. Yep. <laughs> Click blackwolfrenaissance.com slash podcast. We only list in the best page. Directory. We trying to make sure everybody knows about all this, man. We trying to get the the whole culture immersed in this wave, this vibe that is the Black Wealth Renaissance. Thank y'all for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Um, like David said, y'all go to the website blackwealthrenaissance.com. You can check out other podcasts that we have of some great people doing some great work, some great gems they're dropping. You can look up some realtors. Also tell Deanna, yeah, hit us up. Oh, she yeah, can become a part of our Black yeah. Realtor directory. If you know some CPAs, we got a CPA directory. Um, we're just trying to be the connectors of the community. So we're just trying to connect the dots and make everybody come together and paint a big, awesome, beautiful picture. Um, if y'all have any questions, y'all know where to hit us up. Hit us up in the DMs. Y'all can email us at info at blackwealthrenaissance.com. Um, buy some merch. We got some new merch about to drop. It's it's some dope. It's a dope collection. I just want y'all to know that it's, it's dropping that hot fight. Yeah, all summer. Awesome. Dylan, 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 and Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, Jared, David, y'all got anything else to add? Just keep rocking with us, man. We got some more dope stuff on the way. Just keep rocking with us. I promise y'all won't regret it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just 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 keep being on the lookout, y'all, and and look for the look for the stuff. We trying to like one thing, like I know that he had mentioned before, was the fact that we're trying to make a lot of the examples and a lot of the information open to other people. Y'all make sure y'all check out the site because we understand some people ain't got the money, and so with all the courses that we list, everything is at a discount. So it's like we trying to help people, you know, get 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 their path, like get their get their marathon started. So y'all go check out the site, man. And my last little thing before we get out of here, uh, just want to mention the Patreon one more time for y'all. Uh, Patreon is our additional bonus content paid for platform uh, on the Patreon. Really, what it is is 
just a way for you to support the podcast and support Black Girlfriend or something. Uh, we recently did a meetup in Dallas and we're trying to do more things like that, get out in the community, get away just from the social media inspiration and more into the community involvement side of things. Yeah. So it's a starting at a dollar, you get all kinds of extra bonus content and a lot of different perks. So links below, patreon.com slash DBWR. But that's all I got, man. I, got one, I want to say one more thing real quick. I forgot to say this. Uh, so me and Deanna, uh, we got a couple partners. We supplying a, a school a school out here in Sacramento with school supplies from like that. From like yeah. six, seven, six, seven, eighth grade, I believe. So if anybody want to donate or be a part of that, just send me or uh, Deanna a message and we'll uh, like send you the links to get involved if you want to do that. That's hey, fine, that's, bro. That's a little, yeah, bro. Yeah, definitely. Big up to the things, community work. Throw yeah. something at it, man. I'm just, I just became a teacher, so you know the kids got a little special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, appreciate that, bro. No problem, man. We yeah. got you, man. Well, this is episode 24 yep. of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. This your boy David Bellard on behalf of the BWR crew signing out. Peace. Peace. When it comes to work, communication is key, even if you don't have a writing job. Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.